0: Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast and today we're going to be talking about a fishing trend that is becoming more and more and more popular as the summers continue and that is kayak fishing. And today we're going to be talking with Spencer Bauer and he's going to share with us how he got into kayak fishing, what he loves about kayak fishing, the fish that he catches when he's kayak fishing and just kind of the ins and outs about this, uh, uh, fastly growing, becoming more popular type of uh, activity that is kayak fishing. I've said kayak fishing a lot in this intro, but uh, that's what today's podcast is about. Um, you know, and after talking with him, it's gotten me intrigued enough to where I started looking at purchasing a kayak and the Fishing is something that I love to do, but I don't do enough just because of of time constraints. I can't necessarily afford a boat, but I probably could afford a kayak, and uh, he covers... that uh, same exact example uh, in this podcast today. So it intrigued me as well. And I hope it intrigues you. Um, Other than that, man, uh, we got to do a little commercial here and we have to talk about bond Durant custom furniture, right? Bond Durant custom is their website. And the first thing that I'm going to recommend is go check out everything that they offer, right? They offer a wide variety of custom handmade furniture and the cool thing about that is a lot of it is made from refinished or refurbished whiskey barrels old whiskey barrels and uh, they make benches they make tables chairs uh, stuff you can hang on your wall clocks you name it they have built it and if you have an idea that you want to run by them and say hey I got this idea uh, I want you to make it for me I'm sure they would be able to accommodate uh, your needs as well so just go to their website and check out bondurantcustomfurniture.com All right, let's get into today's podcast about kayak fishing with Spencer Bauer. All right, on the phone with me today, Mister Spencer Bauer. How you doing, man? Oh, pretty darn good. How about you? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Getting ready to wind down the day and uh, you know go kick it with the family, crack a beer, just relax for a little bit. Um, Yeah. I I tell you, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I emailed Patrick. He's the editor of the Iowa Sportsman Magazine, and I was like, "Man, uh, I need an Id- I need a couple ideas of what you know what we should do for our, one of our next podcasts." And he's like, "Hey, I need you to reach out to this guy, Spencer. He is hardcore into kayak fishing." And I said, "That's a really good, you know, that's a really good idea." Because, uh, and then after that, I followed up with doing a little research, and like like you said, ice fishing and kayak fishing seem to be two categories within the fishing realm that are really you know they're growing really fast and that's what we're going to talk about today is is kayak fishing but before we get into that why don't uh you talk to us a little bit about you know where do you live and what do you do for a living i, I live just
1: north of boone and i am proud to say i'm a middle school science teacher nice. and uh I I deal with the rascals on a on a regular basis. Oh man. So you're probably we, we have a comparable maturity level. So we get along pretty well. <laughs> laugh uh, at
0: laugh at fart noises. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right up my alley, man. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, like I, I look back at myself uh when I was in middle school and, you know, elementary, even into high school and you know, to be honest, probably up until five years ago. And I was a real quote unquote rascal myself growing up. So so let me ask you this is, do you have any days where you're just like, Oh my God, how am I going to make it through the day?
1: Well, I mean, there's days that aren't as good as others, but you could, that could be said of any job. I mean, you just got to take things in stride and not make anything. That's a small deal into a big deal. And then if there is a big deal, you got to keep in mind that these kids are kids and, they don't think like adults and you shouldn't expect them to because they're
0: not adults. Yeah. How many years have you been a teacher?
1: This will be tomorrow is
0: our last day of school and this will be the last day of my sixth year. Okay. So six years Has has the, the population of kids as a whole changed since your first year compared to your sixth year.
1: Honestly, I mean, kids are kids Uh, The biggest thing that's changed is what's expected of teachers. And I mean, my first year, I feel like how I was supposed to approach being a teacher has changed drastically, but the kids are kids, you know, and.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's why they, that's why they gave you guys the weekends and summers off, right? So you could go do some kayak fishing.
1: Well, it works out pretty good for me from that perspective. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But, I mean, yeah. So I, I definitely enjoy my summers.
0: Yeah. Do you
1: do you ever do you pick up a part time job at all? I I always have. Uh, up until this last summer, I, I I taught summer school, and then I for four years. Yeah. And also took classes all year and the and also during the summer, and my deal was once I was done with my masters. I'm not going to teach summer school anymore. Okay. So uh, I I wrapped up my master's two years ago. And last year was my first actual summer off where I became a professional fisherman for two months, which was
0: pretty awesome. So did you, uh, did you hit a circuit? What do you mean by circuit? Like, uh, uh, were you in tournaments, were you in competitions and that kind of thing? You know, honestly, my biggest thing with fishing,
1: I, I love fishing. I, I just love, I mean, absolutely love fishing, but maybe even more than the fishing side of it, I i just love adventure. And yeah. tournaments are cool. I fish some tournaments, especially if somebody needs a partner or whatever. Sure, I'll go fish a tournament with you. But as far as fishing tournaments on a consistent basis, I, I would rather go out and go to a place I've never been before and explore. And then I also... My favorite fish to catch are flathead catfish. Okay, and it's tough to tournament or uh, target flatheads during a tournament because most of them are on reservoirs. Yeah, and it's not that you can't catch a flathead on a reservoir; it's that they're just really hard to pinpoint on res- in reservoirs. Yeah, wow. Um, so I read have... a study that uh, in in a, a reservoir with a healthy population of flathead catfish, there's an average of one adult fish every surface acre. So is that a lot or not a lot? Well, I mean, you're trying to catch one fish in an acre of water on average. I mean, they're tough. They're tough to pinpoint and catch on a consistent basis. Gotcha. Gotcha. That might even be lower than muskies, or at least in the same ballpark. As far as that particular body of water, right? Well, that's just, um, there was two small reservoirs in in Oklahoma, and then also one in Texas where the studies were done.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you this. Um, I take it you've kind of always been a fisherman? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what made you want to get into the kayak side of things?
1: This is actually a pretty good story. So when I was in, I'll start from the beginning and work work to the end. But when I was in high school, my parents, I was fortunate enough when my parents took me and my brother to, to Florida a couple times for spring break. I was always a big fan of the movie Jaws. So when we were down in Florida, all I didn't want to do was catch sharks, you know. And then uh, it wasn't until my freshman year of college, I went down to Florida for spring break from one last time and wasn't old enough to go out and enjoy the nightlife. So all I did was me and a buddy, another buddy from college, we, we just tried to catch shark every night. And our very last night, we caught a six and a half foot sandbar and I was instantly hooked. I'm like, I have to figure out how to do this more. Yeah. Well, I went to I was going to school down in Oklahoma and my roommate the following year just happened to live in Rio Grande City, which is right on the Mexico Texas border about 2 hours from South Padre. So I went down there with him that summer and worked for his old man and we uh as a he was a contractor so I just did, you know, all the jobs nobody else wanted to, but I didn't care cuz I spent my weekends shark fishing on South Padre. And I, the first time I ever jumped into a kayak, I was running shark baits off the beach to go shark fishing on South Padre. Okay. And then, uh, kayak fishing just kind of sprung from there. And I, I fished in the Gulf all summer and kayak fished and ran shark baits and then did the same the next summer and bought a kayak. And, uh, cause I was borrowing a buddy's down there cause I was broke college kid, couldn't afford it, but <laughs> saved my pennies, saved my pennies and got a kayak and then. Started kayak fishing for catfish in Oklahoma when I was going to school and then transferred back to Iowa and brought my kayak with me and kept kayak fishing and just been kayak fishing ever since. So that would have been, oh nine ten 10 years ago.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah. what, what about kayak fishing did you like so much? Well, initially it's cause it's cheap. You
1: yeah. know, you're like, you're, you're either going to fish from the bank or, um, you could buy a cheap boat but i i barely had enough money to buy the boat let alone take care of it you know maintain it and keep gas in it and register it and everything but if i got a kayak you know there's no maintenance costs in a kayak you buy it and it's paid for yeah and i mean if you put a motor on it you got to register it but that's only 15 bucks every three years i've spent 15 bucks on way dumber things than that so that that doesn't bother me a bit
0: that's right cool
1: yeah so i mean just the affordability to, to. get off the bank and access places you never would have been able to otherwise. And then, uh, I mean, there's other perks to it too. Like it's super quiet so you can sneak up on, on fish, but it's cool just to sneak up on animals too. Like I was a paddle, a paddle length away from a, uh, bald Eagle last summer when I was floating down the Des Moines river, nice. that would have never happened in a boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's pretty cool. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of cool things that come along with, uh, you know, getting into fishing out of a kayak, but what about the mechanics, right? How, what was the learning curve? Number one for you to actually learn how to properly operate a kayak and then secondly, fish out of it.
1: Well, for me, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just a weirdo. I mean, and it was strange because whenever I do something for the first time, I'm pretty terrible at it. And that, that goes for about everything I've ever tried to do. And I got to practice it 8 million times before I can say I'm okay. Right. But the first time I ever hopped in a kayak, I don't know. It just kind of came naturally. Maybe, maybe it's because I was scared. <laughs> I was, I was, I was on South Padre Island. Right. And the first time I ever jumped into a kayak was with a 15 pound stingray with a couple bloody hooks in the back at midnight and paddling out there through three to five foot waves. And yeah, I mean, I just, it it, it probably doesn't sound very smart and it probably isn't very smart, but I want to catch some sharks. So you got, if you want to catch some sharks, that's what you got to do. And ever since then, I I mean, I'm just, just came naturally for me, but a good general rule of thumb is uh, keep your head in the middle of the kayak. Like you can lean and tip it, but, like not literally tip over but you can lean and and wiggle your kayak or whatever but as long as your head stays in the middle you're not going to tip it
0: okay what about casting
1: um casting i mean as long as you keep your head in the middle and you're not wielding like a 14 foot surf rod and 16 ounces of lead i think you'd be all right
0: yeah so as far as um uh, as far as you know coming to iowa and fishing the the bodies of water here in iowa the learning curve would probably be more about how to operate the kayak and less about fishing out of it
1: yeah i, I mean it the thing with kayaking and kayak fishing is most guys who are getting into kayak fishing are kayak or are fishermen first kayakers second and they're learning how to kayak and, and uh um instead of the other way around but I mean, there's just a, a handful of things in general you, you got to keep in mind. Having a good core, having some core strength is good, but not necessary with all the the new seats, with the like the backrests, the you know the the short lawn chair style ones with elevated seats and right. and a hard backrests. Yeah. And all the all the new kayak, fishing kayaks are, are super stable. I mean, I've been in kayaks anywhere from 24 inches wide all the way up to the ones I use now. They're 40 inches wide, and they're super stable. And not that you need a kayak that wide. I like to be able to stand up in mine. I can stand up and walk around in it, which is pretty slick, whereas some of the other ones, you can stand in it, but you don't have that sense of security when you're standing. You're just, like, barely standing. Yeah, yeah. But people... People seem to make it a bigger deal, the stability side of it, than it really is. I mean, almost
0: all fishing kayaks are plenty stable enough to fish out of. You don't have a lot to worry about. Gotcha. All right, so the the next question that I kind of, I guess, naturally want to talk about is if the gear that you bring with you. Obviously, you have the kayak and you have the the paddle that goes along with it. What about, mm-hmm. like, the actual fishing equipment? Are you able to use your same fishing equipment or do you have to upgrade to like different, more quote unquote, kayak friendly fishing gear?
1: Oh, you, you don't need anything special. You need a kayak, you need a paddle, you need a PFD and that's all you technically need. And then as far as the fishing equipment goes, it's like anything else. You can spend as much as you want, as little as you want, but it, the the general concepts of what kind of tackle you use is is the same on a kayak as it is um anywhere else i use the same rods out of a kayak as i do anywhere else but some people like there are fishing rods marketed to kayak fishermen and they have shorter rod butts but maybe it's because i have longer arms i don't i don't know it's never been an issue for me i prefer a longer fighting butt on most rods because you can cast further and then when you hook a big fish you can lean on them a little bit more you know shove that rod the end of the rod in your gut and Grab the foregrip and lean on them a little bit. Yeah, makes sense.
0: All right, so yes, sir. So, and you 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 kind of touched on this uh, a little a little while ago, but what about the? You mentioned that there's benefits to being in a kayak as opposed to a, a boat, and not, you know you mentioned about going into places boats can't go and going uh, being quiet or, or a couple. Um, what is it about being quiet and being able to go? Places boats can't go that you know, I guess have have led to you being a successful fisherman overall. Well, I was actually I went fishing for twenty four hours straight this
1: weekend between fishing with a buddy and then zipping down and fishing a place by myself, and we actually had this talk while we were out about because I keep records of my my catches. Well, um, flatheads, I keep records of flatheads that I've caught and my records show that I catch twice as many fly heads by myself as I do with other people, like that's on, on an hourly basis. That's crazy. Like it's, it's one, one in every 16 hours versus one in every eight hours average. Okay. But um, my theory is that no matter how quiet you are, you're still twice as loud with two people and it's not the talking. That's the thing. It's the vibrations from, moving around or turning lights on. I don't think lights help at night and the kayaks more so than boats are, are quieter. You don't have a, a motor to begin with. And then also if the kayak wiggles, it's not displacing as much water as a boat. If you drop, you know, a four ounce sinker on the bottom of a, a kayak, it's not, <laughs> doesn't sound like you're beating a hammer against a piece of steel. You know, you drop a sinker on an aluminum, the boat of an aluminum or floor of aluminum boat and you feel like the whole river heard it you know and some sometimes sound doesn't make a difference but i think at least for targeting fewer fish but bigger fish over the course of the season you have fish that are neutral and are more apt to respond negatively to excessive noise and there's times where you can be loud as all get out you'll still catch fish but I think there's times where that noise affects them and you don't catch any where you would have if you would have just been quiet. And then over the course of the season, you know, instead of catching 40 or 50 flyheads, you catch 60 or 70. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So as far as what kind of locations are on a river or a lake are you focusing on when you're in your kayak? And I know that's kind of a a vague question because you obviously like fishing for catfish, but do you also Mm -hmm. go fishing for like, uh, bass as well and like walleye or whatever? Um, I like walleyes. I'm,
1: I do quite a bit of walleye fishing in the spring and fall. I love wipers. I love hybrid striped bass. They're one of, one of probably my second favorite fish to catch. Uh, catfish are definitely my favorite top to bottom especially flatheads but with a kayak you can pretty much do any presentation out of a kayak because you can not a boat like you control yeah you can drift you can float down the river the only thing the two things they don't do very good that kind of are hurdles for me they don't go up river very good yeah (laughs) so So you got to get creative in how you fish out of them, especially if you're by yourself very much. And then uh, I I do not and will, will never recommend dropping an anchor in swift current in a kayak because there was a time where I was out in a small stream and the river was up a little bit and I just threw a kayak or an anchor out the back of the kayak and cleated it off and about the back third of the kayak went underwater and I had to reach my head underwater to uncleat it. Oh, boy. And that was... That was a scary situation, and I had my life jacket on. Thankfully, and I didn't lose anything, and I didn't fall out or tip. But yeah. I was shaken when it was all said and done. I believe it. And I, I just, I just lost an anchor. I don't think anything real bad would have happened. I mean, I could have fell out, and I would have just slammed shore, But yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't something I'd recommend anybody. I just tie off to the bank,
0: or if there's a, a log out in the middle, I'll uh, tie off to that log. Gotcha. So, so what happens when you actually catch a fish? I, 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 cause I, I've been in, um, a boat before that wasn't anchored down and it, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a detrolling motor in, but I caught a, a Northern and that Northern was able to pull the boat. Um, not a lot, but you know, enough. Are fish able to pull you around in your kayak once you, once you hook on one, especially maybe like a big catfish.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, when you're flathead fishing, usually you're tied off to something. You're not drifting or trolling. You're you're fishing stationary. Yeah. But there's if you if you want to get on my YouTube channel, um, it's River Certified on there. There's a video of me catching a 70. Well, the weight calculations came out to uh, 75 pounds. 75 pound blue cat out of my kayak. Wow. And it, I was I was anchored on a reservoir, and it just spun me in circles, man. Like. He uh he I I hooked up and he swam right at me and then he turned the other direction and I just did a 360 in the water and I've been down in uh, Tennessee a few times blue cat fishing and then down in Kansas and there's some uh, you're drifting and trolling down there mostly so you're not anchored at all and when you'd get
0: a bite they they spin you completely around it's pretty fun right so you know if if there's some people listening to this and they're going, you know what? I can't afford a boat, but I want to get out in the water. Maybe a kayak is the right, uh, the right move for me. What are some other tips, tricks, tactics that you would like to share with us about, you know, kayak fishing as a whole?
1: Um, I guess the big thing is just soak up the experience. I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind. I guess that's not advice really. The biggest piece of advice was, keep your head in the middle of the kayak and you don't have to worry about flipping it. Uh, the other thing is be creative, you know, like there's going to be problems that you'll have in a kayak that you wouldn't out of a boat. And, but then there's also problems that with a boat that you wouldn't have out of a kayak. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just, I, I enjoy the puzzle, putting the puzzle together, figuring out solutions to problems. I'm always tinkering with stuff. Like like I said, I was looking for my tin snips earlier because I'm going to modify my rod holders and make them better after there was a few hiccups this weekend where I'm thinking, well, that could work different. That could work better. So if you're a tinkerer and somebody likes to modify stuff or just try different things, kayaks are great for that. And if you're not, they, they have a bunch of accessories you can add on. I mean, you can trick your kayak out bigger in life if you want, wanted to. Yeah, But actually that, I guess that leads me into one thing is don't overcomplicate it because the more stuff you add on your kayak, the longer it takes you to get ready. And then the more friction you have between you, um, getting on the water and you messing with your kayak on the bank. Like I try to keep all my stuff on there all the time. Rod holders are always on there. Um, my fish finder, I take it off on the road, I guess. So that, but like my tackle stored in my seat, I keep my, my life jacket in the front hatch. And then, um, I try to keep as much stuff on the kayak all the time. So there's less stuff I have to mess with to get on the water.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, like what am I expecting to pay going in? And I know there's probably the the most tricked out uh, system that you could, that you could get, you know, that money could buy, and then you can go and probably buy a real cheap one. But on average what would you say you're expecting to spend on a kayak uh whether it's the minimal or like something that's a little bit more tricked out
1: i mean that's just about like anything else you can spend as much as you want to my thing your kayak's just got to (laughs) float you know that's it yeah uh it's got to float and as long as it floats you can paddle around you can fish out of it i mean i'm not uh i'm a bigger guy i mean not huge huge but Six foot i'm like 215 you know i'm not tiny tiny and but if you're a smaller dude Walt, or there's some there's kayaks at like the box stores like menards and walmart and places like that that have kayaks that would definitely work for you i'm not it seems like you hear some people that get a little touchy about kayak brands like you got to have this brand or that brand or whatever and me i'm more so just whatever you can afford, get in it and get out. I mean, there's there's $150 kayaks out there that might not have all the bells and whistles, but as long as you enjoy sitting in it, that'll get you on the water. And that's the most important thing. But on the other hand, too, it's cheaper to get the kayak you want from the get-go because if you get the cheaper one and then you love it and then you upgrade and sell that one and lose some money and then get kind of what you want and sell it and lose some money and if you would have just got the one you got wanted from the get-go then you would have saved some money but I mean you get what you can afford
0: you know right right so the other question I had for you was why catfish why why do you love catching catfish so much
1: oh that's real easy (laughs) they get big and they fight hard you know that's why I love wipers they're for pound wipers are about as mean a customer as you're gonna run into Walleyes are cool because they taste good, but they don't fight that great. Yeah. Um, big flatheads, flatheads and walleyes, I think fight a lot alike. But the difference is a flathead can get fifty pounds, and a walleyes not going to. Yeah. Uh, and there's just something cool about a flathead. They're just different and elusive. Yeah. But uh, if it gets big and fights hard, I, I want to catch it. You know, that's just what Iowa has to offer. If I lived down south, like in Tennessee, I'd probably be a big striper fisherman too. Yeah, if I lived up in Canada or Minnesota, I'd probably target muskies a bunch. It's just, what do you have available?
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny because I my favorite fish to catch is uh, smallmouth, just because they're basically the bicep, you know of the of the water, the the lakes. And that's waters. a good way of putting. It. And that's uh, fun. I, dude, I don't know what it is about, I don't care if they're small or big, but they just love to fight. And if you can get them on the right tackle, it makes it feel like they're 40 pounds. Absolutely. I, I dabble in a little bit of smallmouth fish
1: and I wouldn't say I'm I'm great at it. Most of the time they're, you know, walleye fishing and bycatch, I guess you'd say, but I, uh, I definitely don't get mad when I hooked up, hook up on one, especially if he's got some size to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with these catfish that you're catching, um, what what do you do with them? Are you a catch and release guy? Do you keep them and eat them? Well, I, I love eating catfish. Yeah. Uh, I don't eat big ones. And the biggest thing with that
1: is that, you know, they're, they're rare. You know, if, if you talk to most people and if everybody's being truthful, how many 40-plus pound catfish have you caught? Most people, it's not very many. And, uh, <laughs> there's a reason behind that, you know, there's not very many of them. Yeah. I don't think they're particularly hard to catch, but they're hard to target because they're pretty rare. So if I hook a fish like that and I'm fortunate enough to land him, I let him go. And then the other side of it is, that, you know, big flathead, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounders, anywhere from 10 to 25 years old. So you, you throw it in the middle of say 17, 18 years, you kill it. Take seventeen, eighteen years to replace it. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm kind of almost thinking about retirement at that point in time. I don't want to wait that long. So if I don't catch a whole lot of big ones, I mean, if you're lucky, if you get three or four over forty a year, and every one of them goes back, I don't keep any over ten pounds. But if they're if they're under ten pounds, man, they taste good. I don't have a problem with keeping them. And people also say, well, if you keep the little ones, they don't get a chance to grow up. Well. You're right, but most of those small fish, you know, nature's a nasty place. There's uh, floods, like we're seeing now, disease, temperature change, predation, all that stuff plays in. Most of them small fish. You know, ten pound flathead's probably never going to see thirty. But uh, if you do catch that thirty pounder, he beat the odds. and He made it, so I'll let him go. He's got the best chance of making fifty.
0: Right, right. So other than, you know, kind of going back to kayaks now, other than, um, you know, keeping your, your head, uh, you know, in the center of the kayak, uh, are there any definitely things that you should not do while you're, you know, I, that's another, again, another vague question, but any, uh, definitely don't do this or, you know, learn from my mistake type moments when operating a kayak and fishing. Um,
1: I mean, a lot of kayaks are pretty forgiving. Like the ones I use, they're new canoes, and they're they're super wide. I, I have a video on YouTube of me doing a cartwheel on one and then standing on my hands. You know, like you can, They're they're pretty forgiving. So the biggest thing, I guess, other than keep your head in the middle is learn your kayak. Like I've learned my kayak, so I know what I can and can't do in it. And if you just buy a kayak, it's a good idea to go out. Well, actually, it's a good idea to paddle them before you ever buy it. Right. Some some places you can't do that, you know. But if you're buying them secondhand, you're getting on Craigslist or whatever. Ask them to meet you at a pond or a lake or something, and just go paddle around and see how you like it. Yeah. And um, some stores do demos. Like there's uh, uh, the dude who sells new canoes in Des Moines, Mike's Outdoor Sports. He he does. He'll let you demo them if you call him and ask. And then, uh, what what is it, Paddle Sport Outfitters and Canoe Sport Outfitters in Indianola. They have demo days, so you can go down there and and paddle their kayaks around on Lake Kwabi. So, I recommend before you buy, paddle it if you can. And if you can't, well, when you first paddle it, don't take anything out with you. Go out there and, you know, try it out and see what you can do. Lean in it and uh, see how far you can lean before you're going to tip and, you know all that stuff, yeah. Before you you go out there on the water, yeah. Because the water, you know, you get some adverse conditions. You never know what's going to pop up. You know, storm wind. It was flat calm. Now it's windy and choppy, and you got to paddle all the way back to the boat ramp into the wind, and your kayak doesn't track very good, and it, it's tough to paddle. So yeah. you got to try all those things out
0: before. I mean, if you can before you you commit to buying it, yeah. That's the best way of doing it. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So I just, I pulled up your Instagram page and, uh, uh, by the way, what tell everybody what your Instagram page is. It's,
1: it's river certified. I got a Instagram page, river certified, Facebook, river certified, YouTube, river certified, all my stuff. I got Twitter river certified. I, I kind of enjoy the social media stuff. Cause I, I like taking pictures. Yeah. I have fun playing around with the pictures and then I, I have fun shooting video and I just like making stuff. Like I said, I like tinkering. I kind of like tinkering with with, uh, video footage too. So it's fun to be able to do that and post them up and people watch them, which makes it even more
0: fun. Yeah. So uh, I'm flipping through your pictures, and I don't know if this is you or not. Do you have uh, a dog named Woody? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's he's sitting on my lap right now. Uh, So uh, I take it Woody comes out uh, kayak fishing with you? oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) that's awesome because i didn't you know i'm i envision that these kayaks are really tight right um Mm -hmm. but he's looks like he's having fun on there
1: yeah he uh those new canoes they got a big wide open area and that's another reason i kind of wanted it because if he comes along with my old kayak i couldn't bring him flathead fishing because if you get a 30 or 40 pound fish there's not room for both of them then i have a dog who's just covered in catfish slime and freaking out but uh, with the boat i got with the kayak i got now there's plenty of room for him to sit wherever and then bring a big catfish on on it too
0: all right wow all right so now what i want you to do is i want you to share a story with us about one of your most memorable moments in a kayak fishing oh freshwater or salt water uh let's just go for, for all intensive purposes, we're on the Iowa Sportsman. Let's do Freshwater. Freshwater. Well, let me think.
1: I mean, the first one that jumps out is that big blue cat, I guess. And this was last spring spring break. And another perk of being a teacher, you get a spring break. Um, I went down and visited some buddies from Oklahoma who I hadn't seen since college. And I was going to do that. And then I went down to Lake Texoma after I, I hung out with them for a couple of days and I only had a day and a half to fish. So I spent the entire, well, not the entire first half of the day catching bait, but probably three or four hours. And all I got was seven shad. I threw a cast after three or four hours. Couldn't hardly feel, feel my shoulders, but hopped in the kayak and went out anyway. And then, uh, didn't get a bite. So, uh, the next day, I woke up early in the morning and spent another five or six hours throwing a cast net and actually ended up getting, I don't know, 30, 30, 35 shad, small ones. So I went out and tried a different spot. I, I, I fished deep the day before I decided to go on some shallow mud flats. So I went out there and in a half hour, I got my first blue cat, Texas blue cat I ever caught. And so that was pretty cool. Felt pretty good about it and fished for another, I don't know, three or four hours. And, uh, kept caught you know a handful of five to 15 pounders and they're fun and everything but I was running low on bait and I had one rod I'm like I try to always fish a big bait so if I'm flathead fishing like if I can fish a two pound car, or carp or or bullhead or something like that I'll put that out on one rod and then uh, you know if I only got small baits so I'll put those out on the rest of them but blue cat fishing, I try to do the same thing well all I had was a little shad so I put three or four of them on a, on a 10 out circle hook. And that had been sitting out there for about an hour and I threw it out in front of me and I was just, you know, gawking, looking around. And I noticed my line racing to the right. It never, like usually when a blue cat hits, they hit, like they want to flip the kayak over. But this one, I just noticed my line zipping and it was actually, by the time I got the rod out of the rod hole, the line was almost behind me. Well, I just start slowly reeling and then it comes tight and then the rod just bows. And when I came tight on that fish, I completely whips me around. And the, it was real shallow water, like four feet and the water, just erupts. Like I hooked a manatee or something. <laughs> and so he rips me and turns me around. And uh, then all of a sudden he just turns direction, comes right at me. So I'm reeling, reeling, reeling to catch up. And right when he gets the kayak, then he switches direction again. It makes me do a complete 360 in the water, like tangling up all my lines. I'm like dropping the rod below, like dipping it down under the other rods and passing it underneath. And then he went back the other direction. So I had to repeat it over again and had to go underneath the anchor line. And then he went clear around the back of the kayak and I had to swivel all the way around. And then he just bulldogged me for about the next three or four minutes. And when I saw first saw the fish, I was just like, Holy cow. And I just kept saying, Holy cow over and over again. And, uh, I just got him close to the kayak and put two hands in his mouth and flipped him in the boat and just was amazed at the girth. He had a 34-inch girth. He had the same waist size as I do. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, he was 52 by a 34, and that's the biggest catfish I've ever caught or laid eyes on in person, and uh, it was right at the end of the trip when I didn't have much time to go and got him on video and pulled pictures off the video and let him go. And I think I caught one, you know, two or three pounder after that. And I was out of bait and like, well, this is a good way to call the trip. So <laughs> went back and loaded up and slept real good and headed on home the next day. It was, it was quite the show. That's, that's the first one that comes to mind. There's some flatheads that were pretty memorable out of a kayak and then just, some fun shark kayaking experiences that were pretty entertaining as well. But fresh water, I'd say that one tops
0: it. That's awesome. I tell you what, yeah. um, the biggest catfish I've ever caught. Um, I think it was a channel cat. It was like 12 pounds. And, hey, that's uh, a dandy channel cat. Yeah. And it was in a farm pond. I think someone just kind of caught a whole bunch of fish one day. I said, yeah, I don't feel like cleaning them and then dumped them into this pond and it couple of them ended up surviving or whatever but uh yeah it was a it was a and i caught it on a crankbait that uh i'm I, it must have just i must have cranked it just too close to this catfish and he said yeah that looks like a free meal and i got lucky yeah. so
1: well i mean catfish they eat live fish so yeah. if you're throwing lures to imitate a live fish it's on the menu yeah
0: absolutely so is this something that you would recommend to people to, to try? Oh, absolutely. There's a kayak out there for everybody, man. Like I, I keep
1: preaching about the new canoes. I, I love them. Um, I, I like them cause they're stable, but when I got, has got a 600 pound weight capacity on it. And, uh, my, my baby brother's not, not exactly a baby. I, I, I'm the, the runt of a family of, of big people. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm not, I'm not, a huge guy, but I'm not tiny. My brother's I don't know, 6'5, 350. My dad's like 6'3, 240 probably. And then there's me, the little guy. But <laughs> I had my brother in this kayak. So it's 6'5, 350. And then a 70-pound cooler or 70-quart cooler in the front and a 50-quart cooler in the back when we went and did a float one day. So uh, it'll it'll handle a lot. So that's, I mean, it's, it's a big guy kayak, but I mean, if you're a little guy, you you probably wouldn't want a kayak this big. Maybe you would, maybe you want something real big and and stable, but they got small guy kayaks. They got big guy kayaks. They got ones that you can pedal. They got ones you can paddle. uh, They got ones you can put a motor on, you know, there's, there's one for everybody. So absolutely.
0: I say definitely go give it a try. Cool, man. Well, Spencer, man, I really appreciate you taking time to hop on the podcast today and uh, chit-chatting with us about kayak fishing. I appreciate the invitation, no doubt. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another awesome podcast in the books. Really appreciate Spencer's time for hopping on and and talking about his passion, which is kayak fishing. Huge shout out to all of the people, and that's you, who download this podcast on a weekly basis man really appreciate that thank you very much please go to iTunes search for the Iowa Sportsman podcast and leave a review Um, we would really appreciate that be sure you subscribe to the podcast and you can find it You know, either at the Iowa Sportsman website, which is iowasportsman.com, or you can also uh, just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and uh, hit the subscribe button or the follow button, and uh, then it will notify you every single time that we launch a a new one of these podcasts. Lastly, you know, iowasportsman.com has a ton of great information on it. Right, they have additional articles, but they also um, have the ability to subscribe to the magazine there as well. And you can just, uh, uh, you know, go to the website, click the button that allows you to subscribe, you put in your information, you pay pay the fee it's real cheap and uh, you get the magazine sent right to your door and that information has or that magazine has a ton of great information about the magazine itself and uh, or about all the activities that happen in Iowa hunting fishing hiking camping all that stuff And um, I think if you like this podcast, you'll really enjoy the magazine. And lastly, let's not forget about uh, Bondurant Custom Furniture at bondurantcustomfurniture.com. Take a look at all their kick-ass stuff. Other than that, guys, uh, we're done with another week. And it's summertime. It's time to get outside, enjoy Mother Nature, take the family out, take the kids out. Or if you're running solo, just go outside, man, uh, and enjoy Iowa. So, Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.